Hello, hello, welcome to this magical night of Starbase Reliant. Uh, I'm at Star Trek Reliant, uh, affiliated with Starbase UGC. Uh, the only podcast I think is still running uh, that is dedicated to the SDO Foundry and Star Trek Online and just having general fun in the universe of Star Trek. So tonight is our usual cast of characters, minus one. We've got Chorog, our security officer, who's also a Noskin pirate. Hello, Chorog here, resident Noskin pirate, target wrangler, asset lo relocation specialist, and rare items acquisition specialist. We've got our man out of time, D.B. Wells. This is my space helmet. It keeps the space away from my face. We've got our chaplain of our all-face chapel, uh, ship's counselor, and bartender, but not all in the same character, uh, Grumpy Old Nord. Bang, variously, Waitley, and Grimnir. Mary. Others. And we've others. got our Conoffs. <laughs> others, yes. Uh, we've got Kara Junrani, our con officer. Insert power cable here. And we've got our chief engineer and, rhyme, er, uh, and master of rhymes, Rick Tier. Um, I am very good at rhyming. That's why I'm not doing it now, because I believe that you know that I know that you know that I know how to rhyme. Yeah. So, tonight we have the USS Reliance still in orbit of the planet that we have recently investigated for the Ikben presence. Finding, in our previous episode, a sibling of Setsujigoro, but one who is entirely artificial, and we have given him a holographic body. And a slice of pizza. A slice of, it's a holographic pizza. I think it's regular pizza. Uh oh. We'll see Don't how that turn works him out. Off. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Can the holograms, <laughs> like, eat? Because Chorog gave them uh, the pizza that I gave to Chorog. Technically, I mean, it goes in. It's just they're going to have to take care of mashed up pizza later. Like I said, just don't turn them off. Well, at some, some point, you got to clean it up. It's mobile for now. Anyway, we've got the USS Reliance still in the orbit of the planet, still doing some surveys, still you know, trying to you know, appease Admiral Quinn, among others, just for the reaction that we had towards the situation here. So we are currently just hanging about the planet and just taking care of things before moving on. We cut first to Club... Um, uh, Club 42, where uh, Kieran is having to deal with Setsa in full sister mode. She is following him, being very attentive, and being very good. What a good, sweet, lovely, caring, aggravating sister. I'll take the first parts of that. Sorry, did I say um, that out loud? I'm not used to having a voice. Got it, got it. Um... So this is Club 42. This is General Recreation Place. You have, you know, the bar over there. That's where we serve drinks. We can probably work up some holographic simulation for the effects of alcohol at some point. Um, if you'd like, if you'd like. Not trying to push or anything. Um, you've got general tables over there. Uh, a few little arcade machines over there. Um... That's the door to the poker den, but it's supposed to be a little obscure, so I just haven't been over there in a while. And, um, yeah, it, it, this is another part of the ship. I see. Similar to the other 34 parts of the ship that you have shown me. 
Yeah, it, it's definitely a lot to like try to, you know, just process all at once. But it, like it took me weeks. I still get I, I still get lost on occasion, um, especially on deck fourteen. That's just that's a stupid deck. Um, but yeah, the the uh, yeah um, we can like check out hydroponics next if you don't want. It's like right down the hall. Must we? It's very pretty. Aaron sighs and resigns himself to being led around again. <laughs> so that's a, it starts to lead uh, Kieran out of Club 42. If anyone wants to try to intercept and save the poor boy. Uh, Rick T will, uh, will, will enter. Uh, 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 Kieran, um, I just wanted to uh, touch base with you now that you are here aboard the Starship, if you're in need, find any issues, if there's need to calibration, or um, you're finding anything going awry with your systems, uh, please know you can always come to me and I'll uh, run some diagnostics and we can work out uh, what, if anything, is going wrong. Oh, I think some diagnostics would be lovely. In fact, that's a great opportunity for Setsa to go report to the captain about this whole affair, don't you think? I mean, you are the scientist on, you know, on planet. I would think that he would like to hear what you think about Adagen. You muted, Duncan. I'm just a Jew. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm breaking there for a second. I just remember the meme, like, you know, last time it's like, oh, Duncan's muted. I actually wasn't muted and trying to speak last time. But now that totally happened, so I've lived up to the meme that we posted in between episodes. So, hooray! Group dynamics. Anyway, Setsa says... Uh, I mean, I'm just a junior scientist. I'm not, like... don't really have that much authority, but... I mean, I could go talk to Marcus. Well, you were the one down on planet, and you are the one most familiar with the Ikven, so I'm sure such a report from you would be greatly appreciated. Okay... Kieran moves over to Rick and just kind of whispers quick before she changes her mind. <laughs> Sets a pat uh, Kieran on the head and says, You have a good day and um, just let me know if you need anything. And starts to head out of Club 42. Noon. Uh, I want to see if Rick T picked up any of that. <laughs> Insight command. He did. He understands siblings. Well, uh, perhaps it, it was a bit of uh, luck that uh, managed to give you a break from um, dealing with your sister. Please uh, come this way. It is greatly appreciated. He happily follows Rick, dear. So what, what is the last thing you remember of her before, um, well, you found you? Starts to lead the way down. Well, the entire facility was shut down suddenly about, oh, I would say around ten years ago. Last I remember of her before that, she was floating in a tube. So, basically you haven't seen each other before she was born, essentially. More or less. I was the first of the units brought online. Unfortunately, I was then t given charge of the base operations. Do you know how boring it is to open and close doors all day long? As, as an engineer, I can understand the, the allure of a new challenge, a new puzzle to unfold. Door seems rather repetitive. 
But yes, eventually my systems were suddenly rebooted and came back online. At which point I came to notice that, well, I was quite alone. And I spent a great deal of time that way, trying to figure out a way to make it not so. Eventually, I hit upon a few files that were still in the database, eh, listened to some calm traffic across the webs, and eventually I was able to determine that I might be able to get someone to let me out. Specifically, I might be able to manipulate Setsa into doing so. So, I did what I thought would get the most attention. I attempted to hack into the Reliant. Oh, that's only good attention. But uh, now you're here and you're out. Uh, but, uh, yes, I can assure you the ship is quite safe. I no longer have any need for it. Well, uh, I mean, that was given, but what are you thinking of doing now that you have all these choices available to you? Kieran rubs a temple. It's a very good question, actually. I hadn't put much thought into what to do beyond getting out. I suppose I'll have to put more thought into that. But I would think that hopefully there's not any particular hurry. Not now there isn't any particular hurry. I know Setsa would definitely like to enjoy your company for a little longer. You said with a slight smirk. Kieran's face just has a twitch suddenly start going and says, Perhaps I should decide sooner rather than later. Uh, and uh, we enter the uh, digital engineering lab and uh, I sit down and I'll just run some basic diagnostics. Um, do some calibration tests to make sure everything is in sync and you're in working order. Kieran nods and sits down. And if I could take control for just a minute. Yes? We cut now to the darkness in Chaplain Waitley's room as he sleeps for the night. Uh-oh. Well, I was going to say that Waitley is, uh, after the events of, uh, the planet, he has been spending a lot of time down on the planet researching and studying the door. That works. Has he slept at all? Um, how long has it been? I don't know. That's I, I expected us to pick up right after the last session, but apparently there's been a slight time jump. Uh, just a few hours. Okay, then no. Yeah, okay, never mind then. Yeah, basically enough for Kieran to get aboard the uh, Reliant, have initial pleasantries, and then go on his tour. And probably a debriefing with the the crew, the away team. Yeah, so basically that's been, you know, Setsa's been seeing to that, and then the, basically the total time that's passed has been enough to see th 34 um, different parts of the ship. 35. So, is not slept yet, but we will get to that. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, Grumpy, you're just like, don't sleep, don't sleep. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Does anyone have anything they want to do for sort of wrap-up uh, from last episode, intro to this episode? So basically, anything that your character has been up to um, since getting back on board? Well, as far as... I was going to say, as far as Waitley's concerned, he came to the ship did what he needed to do, and then immediately uh, went back <coughs> to uh, studying that door. Because it's Waitley, and it's a door of doom. Exactly. <laughs> doom door. Is this where the master is sleeping? <laughs> Look, with the stuff down there, there might be tentacles. I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chorog. I was going to have Chorog sitting in his quarters going over some of the scans from the AI network that they discovered. 
All right, so you're going over the scans. Let's go ahead and make this a reason engineering roll. There we go. All righty, so one success. So you're looking over the scans taken from the facility. Are you trying to figure out if there's anything else to the facility to catch your mind, or are you trying to get like any like intel on, say, who built it, like the Ben, uh, stuff like that? Well, basically, what Charles is doing, he's scanning the information he gathered from the AI network, trying to understand why it was set up the way it was, and also trying to find a little more intel as to the purpose behind that station. Okay. Because there's something about this station that still does not sit right with it. Here, I got one. One thing you find a little peculiar about the um, station is that it's kind of got a split arrangement. Like, with how the network was structured. You've got, like, one compartment over here that you've been able to get free access to, and that's, like, everything to do, like, with just the standard um, operation of the facility. So you've got the sort of the, the Kirin side. But you're noticing, like, point, like, in how that network, uh, the network was structured, you've got, like, interface points that have been closed off, which could be for, like, a completely parallel network. That truck just continues to sit there and tries to break in as best he can, but there, there's a firewall like he's never seen before. And no matter what he does, he can't gain intrusion into it. Yeah, the Ikven definitely know their stuff when it comes to AI and cybersecurity. And, I mean, it may even go beyond them as well. They could be employing other tech, for all you know. So, yeah. yeah. And this is concerning, Charles, considering he always thought that there wasn't a system he couldn't break. Yeah, so it's like, hmm, might want to save this for later and see if, like, you know, like, Marcus might know anyone who could help. Like, at least in, like, Starfleet, and, like, how do you escalate this through like, research divisions, maybe even get it to the Daystrom Institute, that type of thing. All right, I gotta draw a visit. The captain is in his ready room to present his information. Indeed, and as, um, as you're, um, heading up to the bridge, Marcus just puts out a shipwide, or basically puts out a shipwide notification, not like an announcement on the PA, but just a little notification saying that Eli is, um, has been requested over to the USS Takao, um, which has been in the system with them, um, for some family time and to see to a medical um, emergency over there. So Eli is off board, and John is also going over to assist with family time and see people he knows over there, too. So we, are <laughs> we are down to senior officers, including the chief charter grade. Trog makes his way to the turbulent and heads up to the bridge to find the captain to present his findings. Captain Graves is uh, just on in his ready room. Trog reaches the bridge, the doors hiss open. Trog just makes a beeline for the captain's captain, the ready room. Hey, good lord, the, the, the tongue ties is spreading. <laughs> so Graves uh, uh, looks... Trog pushes up the uh, doorbell. Answer. Trog walks in. Uh, Captain, I I have some very concerning information I need to pass on to you because I don't know how to escalate this. All right, what do you have? 
Well, as you know, on that station, when we were looking for the source of the intelligence, I had scanned some of the AI terminals to see what kind of data I could glean from it. Part, part of it I was able to get into fairly easy, just a lot of records. But there, it, there is a branch system there that I can't crack. I have been trying for the past three hours to gain intrusion, and I'm very good at this. This is something I did quite often in my old career. And whatever this is, I can't crack it, and that concerns me. Graves nods, and just real quick, I'm going to reset my mic, and I'll be... He'll be back. Yes, I am back. So Graves, um, Graves nods and says, all right, so, um, let's see. So what we want to find out is basically who could be behind, like basically, can we crack this architecture? Who's behind it? That type of thing. Right. right? Exactly. I, I've spent three hours using every known intrusion method I know of and every, every type of hack software I have, I still can't crack it yet. I've never seen a system like this. And that just worries me. There's, All right. something, there's something on that station that still does not sit right with me. All right. Yeah, I can put in a word with Ad, uh, Admiral Fudigami, who has some context in Starfleet Intel, and we might go with that route first rather than going pure academics. Okay. That, that, yeah, maybe they can get into it because I can't. I've tried. I've, I've been driving for the last three hours, and I haven't even got past the first firewall, and that's concerning. Uh, Graves nods and says, all right, um... Yeah, so go ahead and just create just a quick report, um, package what like files you need to just to sort of highlight the problem. And yeah, I can get that sent off. And yeah, maybe that also appeases other admirals who are still not happy about being called out here, but um, I'm not going to poke them directly about this. Trog nods, hands the captain three pads. I already assembled it. Excellent, excellent. All right, so I'll get this sent off. Um, in the meantime, we still have the matter of the scary door down on the planet. Yeah, that's another matter that concerns me. Yeah. I do want to have a little bit more of a security presence on that just to be sure nothing happens, but... Yeah, it's one of those things. It's difficult to leave, difficult to completely destroy. We still need more intel on that. If you like, I can organize the security detail. I can stay on that detail. I don't require a lot of sleep. Yeah. Um, what about uh, taking on Oakley for some security work? Maybe give him a module or two to make him a little bit more combat effective. I can certainly do that. Oakley is a steadfast hand, and he too does right. not require sleep. He also might be able to take a peek in the spore room if we're able to get him in there without issue, and also pull him out too. That's something I've definitely want to be concerned with and yeah so i can certainly up, update his firmware package and give him not only some combat combat capabilities also some uh, high-end scanning high-end scanning equipment yeah i like that um preference too if you can get anything uh to also play some nice tunes too he does quite enjoy that oh i could plug in some stuff for him no worries all right, so you see the van? Uh, in the meantime, I'm, yeah, I gotta play diplomat here. I don't envy you. Yeah. Uh, should be underway soon, though. All right. Thank you, Captain. I, I just wanted to bring this to your attention. 
Graves nods and sort of uh, uh, flicks on his computer screen. Uh, Daniel. Yes? Are you up to anything with science at this time? Yes, I am. What are you up to with I am working on a side project of sorts. Hmm. Of a sneaky side project? Maybe. At this time, you get a um, you get a uh, sort of a data packet from. Uh, let's see. You get a data packet from Nissa, the Barzan who's operating as our uh interim head of. Um, uh, science, uh, science head, um, with stuff from the spore room. As Setsa has been a bit occupied, uh, a sort of secondary analysis is requested of you. Um, it's a little bit outside your area, but it's a nice little opportunity to get some first-hand experience with Starfleet research. So, you've got your sneaky project ahead of you, but you've got work coming in as well. What do you do? Uh, Daniel just kind of gets to a stopping uh, stopping spot in his work and heads down to the lab. All right. You head down to the lab where you've got uh, some computer simulation modeling with some preliminary data from what's behind the spore door. So some of the, quote, spores. Um, and you're just asked to help the computer process some of that data and try to reach some preliminary conclusions about sort of its nature, its possible evolutionary path, stuff like that. So this would be a science um, insight role with a complication of 19. Actually, make that uh, 18. And spending two threats. Two successes. You find a little bit of an oddity with the spores. They metabolically seem perfectly fine and alive, but they're not interacting the way they should be. It's like they're not quite dormant, not quite... Uh, it's it's difficult to say. It's just like they're not doing what you would expect out of, a, like, out of spores just released into a fungal environment. It's basically they're not like furthering the cause of reproduction. They're just sort of there. Almost as if they're actively waiting for something. Possibly. <laughs> Uh, Daniel would like to take a sample of the spores, uh, and run a test on them by putting them into a chamber with some organic material to see what happens. So, you're running your data off of simulations of the spores, based on oh. what, uh, what's been pulled up from the sensors. You can actually run that simulation... But you could also try to advance the idea of like, hey, we should, we might want to move up to testing this, like with a direct sample. Okay. Uh, who, who's down here with me again? Uh, so it's going to be Nissa, who's uh, Barzan, um, species from Star Trek, uh, who's the acting chief science officer. Okay. Uh, uh, Daniel uh, turns to Nissa and says. These is, these spores are acting very unusually. I, I'm not sure if the sim, I'm not sure if simulations will get us too far. I think we need to run some uh, practical tests to see what it actually does. Uh, interesting. Uh, 
Uh, I was afraid of this. Um, we could try the transporters, but who knows if the beaming process and the uh, residual filters will affect how they operate in our real little vitamins. An on-site test might be easier. We beam in something with biological material and then open it to that environment with sensors relaying back sensor information. That, that, that could probably work. Probably. All right. Um, do you wish to take this, uh, continue uh, with this project? Uh, sure. Uh, All right. Um, yes. So uh, collaborate with uh, Chief Engineer Rektia and um, Security Officer Chorog um, uh, to work out delivery and manufacture of this device. I, I, uh, officer, Daniel says, giving an awkward salute, and goes off to find, uh, I'm sorry, I, I already forgot who you told me to go to. Uh, Rick Tier first, and then probably call Chorog to make sure to work out extra security. Yes, Rick Tier. Meanwhile, um, Waitley is at the spore door. At the spore door. Sorry. Uh, so, Waitley's got, you know, sensors going. He's got a tricorder. But he's also trying to uh, perceive what's beyond the threshold. What's beyond the barrier. Uh, with his own give, internal senses. Give me inside command. Give me one second, because I forgot to open the... Uh, the drive. Where's the drive? There it is. Dirt, dirt, dirt drive. Uh, where is my character sheet? Um, <laughs> um, I've got. Oh, there it is. When you say, "Where's my character sheet?" I almost had that in the voice of my my spoon is too big <laughs> from an old meme. All right. So again, inside command. Um, no complication. Or no threat spent. Let's see if I remember how to do this. Use the force. Wait. Wrong franchise there. Use the Schwartz. <laughs> Two successes. Use, use the Schwartz. Ah, uh, for two successes, you're just starting to feel something back there. It's unusual. But you're starting to get a feeling of, if not thought, but movement. Like, things are shifting around in there. Can Waitley tell if it's intelligent <coughs> or perceptive? Let's go with a insight science role. So, same. All right. Do 2015. No successes. Excellent. The short answer is basically like y y the initial impression, just sort of like a mass, and things are shifting in there. But you're seeing patterns within that shifting of sort of synaptic activity. Mm -hmm. So it could be intelligent, it could be aware. It's just so freaking alien with what you're able to perceive at this point. Does it that seem, is difficult to get us. Does it seem familiar at all? No. Okay. So nothing to do whatsoever with his personal research. Uh, and, and no. I think you know that kind of research. I mean, 
Yeah, so nothing to do with that. It's unusual, though, and quite curious. It's like, hmm, here's a novelty. Okay. Hmm. Waitley is going to attempt to mentally make contact with it. Ooh, okay. Um, let's go with a command presence roll, and I'm going to spend five threat. So, let's see. Yeah, I basically have, like, three more. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, I've got a focus and a value that would apply here. Okay, so I believe you can uh, use your value to deploy a point of determination to get an automatic crit. Okay. On top of your dice roll. Okay. So his his value of knowledge is power, I think, uh, is the value that would apply here. And then he's yes, going to use so. the focus of encyclopedic knowledge. He wants to know everything. So yeah, so basically that would increase your critical range or your critical range up to whatever your um, command uh, stat happens to be, which is a four. Yeah, so that would be uh, four or under for crit, but fifteen and up for complication. Okay, so four for crit, and then complication is fifteen. Yes. <laughs> two complications, no successes. But this works out to be you got two complications, but you also have two successes too, which is perfect. <laughs> so you get a quick, like, mental flash of something that is intelligent and aware, and just sort of like a kind of like it's not articulated as a hello, but it's like just a curious, like, eh? at the same time, though. You start to feel, like, around where you had that blip, mm -hmm. where stuff starts moving around. Like, it's just, like, it almost feels like just, like, there's just so much more turbulence now in that sort of that mental energy. It woke up. <laughs> Maybe. So, at this time, um, uh, DB is um, now checking into the engineering lab. Um, where Rick and Kieran are at. Alright, should I do a diagnostic check for Kieran, or is it just going to be... As far as I'm concerned, he's fine. He just wanted an excuse to get away. <laughs> Alright, so basically he's fine. Could throw comps into that, but uh, comp chances into that, but you... Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Rick goes well. I'm not seeing any any forms of of um, misalignment or calibration issues, the uh, holographic projector is working. Your matrix is is um, is stable. Um, I'm not foreseeing any any issues. Well, I suppose that's good to know. And he just turns around to see uh, see uh, Daniel there enter. Uh, uh sir, uh, oh. Have a question about the spores that we're studying? Oh, well, I haven't had a. I've been thinking some of it, but uh, haven't really had a proper chance to uh, delve into that uh, issue just yet. Uh, what do you have in your mind? Well, it's it's less about asking for insight and more just asking for permission to. Like, basically, we just want to. I, I just want to permission to run. Uh, practical tests 
nonsense. Simulations were about it, like it's just acting strangely. It's not torment, but it's just it's almost like it's waiting for something, like some kind of trigger or activation or environment. And I, I want I just wanted permission to run some tests, like beaming something down into the room to see beaming some organic material into the room to see how the spores react to it. Or, I don't know. So, Kieran pipes up. You're saying that some sort of stimuli is necessary to make this do whatever it's going to do, and you plan to provide it. Well, I mean, it's currently in a sealed environment. It, it wouldn't help to add uh, additional uh, um, um, it's a field name uh, additional uh, level 10 fields to uh, help uh, ensure nothing escapes and potentially some some deep and well some decontamination procedures if something were to happen um, quick um, emergency response would be key yeah, at this point Trog, wa Trog walks in oh god I've been, I've been looking for you I had just come from Captain Graves and we had a discussion about what's going on behind that door. I have some ideas. So we are going to um, take some more active roles in, in determining what's behind that door then. That is a conclusion that we came to. For starters, we want to have an extended security presence because we really don't know what's behind that door. We don't want whatever it is to get out. Also, number two, the captain had given me the idea to upgrade Oakley with not only some combat subroutines, as well as some uh, high-end scanners, and maybe use him to go in there with some kind of organic sampler to see what's going on in there. That way, you know, we don't have to worry about sending ourselves in there and getting infected. Kieran just kind of sighs, looking around. You know, it makes no difference to me. But there is an old Ibby saying about letting a sleeping Tullock on just play there, not poking it. Uh, unfortunately, one of the uh, aspects of Starfleet is to go where no Ibby, no Saw, no, no one of any species has gone before. And uh, in this case, well, Ibby have technically been here before, we don't know what would have forced them out, and that is something that well, we can't we can't just leave an unexploded bomb in the in the middle of the middle of EB space now, can we? I defer to your judgment, but for all of you, I would give one warning: not all questions have worthwhile answers. And with that, Kieran stands up and leaves. Do you um, know anything about this, Kieran? Beyond generalities. Kieran stops and turns. All I know is they built the entire facility to be able to lock down to keep everything that was in that level, in that level, essentially forever. I don't think they ever intended to open it. I don't think you should either. There's an old pirate saying, without, the, without risk, there is no reward. And if we, if we just leave it here without trying to understand it, someday someone of less uh of of less uh upstanding morals might come across it 
And if they decide to use it for for with malicious intent, we like we don't we know nothing about it. How like we we there's nothing we can do. We might as well try to understand it before leaving it alone. Suit yourselves. But don't say I didn't warn you. And he turns and resumes leaving. Alright, um, so with that, Rick uh, starts a discussion about containment fields, about um, about security presence, about um, maybe like flamethrowers or other like antifungal sort of um, measures that would um, ins- just ensure that uh, there is like a barricade that even if they do open the door fully, that nothing would be able to get past. Sherlock suggests some kind of delivery system that not only would produce an anti, a very, very strong industrial strength antifungal agent, but also a very, um, very, a very heavy uh, neurazine type gas that'll put whatever it is to sleep almost immediately. Well, we don't know what the biology of this thing is. Um, fortunately, Dr. O'Connor is unavailable. Um, what about a really big thing? Or some, or just to, like, if the, if we think the door is going to open, is something to, you know, keep the air from moving from the room to outside the room? Just, like, I don't know. There are, I mean, it is a very simple way of, of accomplishing it, but... Hardly foolproof, and if we're going to open this door, we are going to or even not even open the door, but um, do tests. I think um, our first port of call should be to for controlled, see what we expect its reaction to be to some of our countermeasures. So. Um, if if like if we are to do it, which there are reasons not to and reasons to do, then we need to be a hundred percent certain that what we are going to do is going to work. Well, I mean, I don't think any of us are suggesting we actually open the door. These are all just hypotheticals for if the door opens without us wanting it to. Do we know if there's any kind of uh, what the uh, structural co- structural components of that chamber is. Can we even beam through it? I, I was just just beaming Oakley in, or a camera. Well, let let's start with something that is less um, that we don't have to recover. Uh, well, I got I, I got probes. I got some of my uh, spy probes you can use. I don't get those back. I don't get those back. I can make more. All right. Let's start with um, at least it sounds like they've got sensors. They've got some very advanced sensors. I've used them to... Well, I was a pirate. Use your imagination. Mm, well, okay. Well, then um, we should be... Um, well, we, we, I mean, we do have... As a probe, it's able to move and interact. We do should have some... If we are going to send Oakley, then we need to have some decontamination procedures for him. I think if with the um we can use what happens to the spy probes as a basis for that. That sounds good. I'll go to my cores and grab one of them and bring him down here so we can start modifying it. 
Alright, get start modifying. We'll um try and configure uh, a, a um a transport to beam it down. Is there anything else you can think of, Daniel? Uh should we just weld the door shut just to keep it from even accidentally opening? But what what do what physical security presence do we have net down there now, Joe Rob? Well, I know for I only see I know for a fact Watley's down there. As far as security, there's really no security presence. I was going to go down there with it with uh, I was going to get Oakley uh, small weapons package going down there and provide security because both Oakley and I don't require a lot of sleep. All right, well. Um... See if you can get a full team down there just to make sure that there is nothing rogue that we are not in anticipating. Um, get a security team down there. I'll get the transporter team ready. And Daniel, I th I, is there anything for you to do? So is that a no on sealing the door? Well, at least... Um, it, it, I want to at least get an idea of how this thing reacts to heat before we do do any kind of welding. It's a thick door. It is. It is indeed a thick door. And if we do bring additional security down there, before we go down, I'm going to go up to the armory and set all the hand phasers to a rotating modulation because we don't know if that thing's going to adapt to phaser modulations all that quick. Alright, would you be able to do the welding? I might. It is It is a risk to engage something in that we don't know, but there is also the risk of not doing something in this case. So, I am willing to go on the, lean on the side of, of, um, of welding here, if, if that is something that... Yeah, that would probably perhaps it being prevent it from being open with the risk of causing extra complications down the road. Wait, are did you think I meant going inside to weld it from the inside? No, I well, I mean, no, but if there is an external, if if there is somehow some kind of reaction that a bit of metal or something extra heat from the welding gun gets transported in and that causes some kind of reaction or rapid growth or something uh, could very well get through when wielding. Well, we either send something in that can regulate, that can change temperatures and just must see what happens before we weld or we can weld it and see if anything happens. So I, th I think if we get the spy, spy probe in, we can use the well, I mean, we've already got sensors in the room, so we can use the sensors to... Um, the spy probe is mainly to see how we can get Oakley in, to see how we can interact and, well, essentially purge the, 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 the room from whatever is happening. So with I'll send a team down to World, actually. I'll get someone... Get one. Uh, get Nathan actually um, to uh, to go down and keep an eye on the sensors while um, uh, while one of the damage control teams welds this thing shut. And make, and I guess we should make sure 
whoever's welding has like a hazmat suit or something on just in case. Yeah, I will um I'll send that with the instructions. You do also have an Android aboard the Reliant. Oh, and well now that you mentioned security, welding, Bryce should be able to to well handle everything just in case something happens. So and with that, I'll, I'll send messages off to one of my uh, Nathan, who's one of my um, uh, engineering people, and to Bryce asking um, if um, about getting set up with the welding that door closed. Child so leaves, you're Charles leaves engineering and heads to his quarters to grab his spy one of his spy drones. So with that, you guys are able to set up all of your um, precautionary measures and assemble that in the room leading to the spore door. Waitley, you now have a bunch of extra company. Okay, so before they show up, what all am I able to glean from what I'm detecting from beyond the door? There's just a lot of activity now. It's just sort of, you're able to glean less. Less. About what's okay. <laughs> what's going on. Waitley is going to try projecting himself through the door. Interesting. Give me a presence control roll. I believe that is a where's control? Oh, con. Uh, control. Uh, sorry, I oh. probably messed that up. Yeah. Uh, command. Yeah, command control. Okay, that is an 11. One success. You're able to project yourself in, but you're just sort of like right on the other side of the door, and what you've projected yourself to is just a whole crap ton of spores and mushrooms and just assorted fungal masses and hyphae. What is he perceiving through? Because how his projection works is he's basically um, perceiving through something else, someone else's mind. So the fact that you he's able to project into there means there's something with a mind in there. You're not sure. You're just sort of like in this sort of mass of spores. You don't have a great sense of what you're perceiving it through. Hmm. So just a mass of spores. Just and there's yeah. No... It looks like the it it looks like a fridge that's been left for a incredibly long time. Okay. And just extrapolated out throughout the uh, corridor. What does the room look like? Like, is it... So, it's... You've got a corridor leading from that spore door. Mm -hmm. And there could be some, like... It could open out a little bit, but it's really hard to tell. It's just a mass of growth of particulate in the air. And just a lot of just biological stuff. Mostly fungal in nature. He's going to advance. Try to... cannot. Okay. So that's that's all you're getting here is okay. just that perception across the door. Okay. He uh, goes back to his awareness, and it's probably about then when he notices he's not alone. He looks around to see who all's there, and he makes a note in his tricorder. He says, "Interesting." He look. Uh, who uh, said it's uh, DB? It's DB Chorog. Rick, uh, Bryce, and Nathan, I think. He looks uh, up to Rick and says, there's someone in there. 
That's not what we originally got on the census. He he looks very like perplexed. There is a mind in there that I can see through, but I could not perceive the mind itself. And he like anybody that's like oh like interacted with Waitley a lot, like has had like uh like Chorog. Chorog would probably recognize this uh this aspect of Waitley, like when he's doing his counseling and he comes across some like deep ingrained trauma and he takes it as like a personal challenge to work through. He's got that demeanor, like this is a challenge that he has to solve. If that's true, then our approach to this has to has to change. It's technically now a first contact situation. Waitley nods. I I agree, I concur. And it is something that I do not understand. Well, we can still send my probe in there just to take a look around and see if we can find out what the chaplain is detecting in there. Mm. That reminds me. Waitley uh, grabs his uh, tricorder and he comes up with a a rough mock-up of what he was able to see of the room. And uh, Rick T will tap his bed. uh, Rick T to Captain Graves. Captain Graves is currently in his ready room, uh, giving Setsa a slight back and neck rub, um, just to sort of help her relax and calm down. And her more relax, but Graves taps his combat and says, Graves here. Uh, Captain, while we're in preparation of, um, well, finding out more about this, uh, fungal room, um, Waitley has been able to make some sort of psychic contact with some sort of being inside. Um, It seems that there is some kind of being or mind in or a part of or the fungus itself is a mind. Interesting. Um, How do you plan to proceed? Uh, It sort of makes this a... First contact situation. Uh, we have a probe ready to deploy into there. Um, that it can be a be a conduit of attempted communication. We've got to try and understand if or how this thing communicates. Um, if we can get a basic idea of how it can get in and out and get uh, an decontamination and something gets something in and out and decontaminate it safely then we can get Oakley in there and he can like his um, routine should be able to process this more effectively than than a simple uh, spy droid that we've got alright Understood. Be careful down there, though. Make sure everyone's currently in Evie and hazmat suits, just in case there's any breaches while you are in proximity of that door. Do not take any chances. Yeah, we have um, got full um, hazmat suits, and and he pulls a uh, op- um, Ricky opens this like little. Uh, you don't see it, but he opens up this like um, box um, and actually picks one up and throws it to Waitley. I'll put All this right. on to entertain you, but I do not believe this is going to make a bit of difference. 
And he starts putting the EV suit on. So, Graves says, all right, give me a price of developments. I'll just be on the bridge. All right, we'll uh, keep you updated to what we find. Um, and uh, with that, he right. taps the badge and the line goes dead. So, we're still going to go ahead with the with the um, welding. Yeah, you can try the welding. Um, and simultaneously prep the... Uh, your sort of first contact device. So with that, um, the welders, uh, go ahead and give me a engineering control role, and I'll spend my remaining three threat to make that complication 17. And before we start welding, Daniel would like to pitch in, uh, wait a minute, if this is a sentient being... You don't necessarily know it's sentient, though. Okay. If this is potentially a sentient being... Maybe we shouldn't seal it up just yet, because that would it would be, I don't know, like sealing somewhat sealing a sentient creature in a room for all eternity seems a bit cruel, even if it is deadly to be within a ten mile radius of. It is. I mean, it is. It is a well. Worlds can be unwelded. Okay, Daniel starts welding. All right, uh, Chorog, uh, where are you putting your efforts here? Chog is in the middle of unboxing and modifying his small probe with a taking off one of the manipulator arms and putting on a sen a sensor arm, as well as a small um, filter uh, filter around the lens so that whatever's in there doesn't uh, corrupt the lens. All right, so you can go ahead proceed with that. Um, yeah, just make that a engineering. Um, Control roll two, and then um, I also have a focus in metal working. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, that definitely applies. And, and then, uh, Rick, Rick will can, uh, will just yeah. provide metallurgical analysis and encouragement support. Okay, so you could basically assist on the welding role. Yeah, and Trog has mechanical tinkering and improvised construction, so I can lend uh, focus to the welding. Um, I think we're good on the welding for you. Um, I'd focus more on the sort of the spy drone aspect. Okay. And, and you said it's... And, uh, but all that, uh, the focuses apply there. And you said it's control engineering? Control engineering, complication 17. And uh -huh. your focus applies, so your um, engineering score will be your critical range. How would I add in those focuses? Uh, for you, it would just be you're moving your critical range to what your engineering score is. So you got two six. So we got two successes from uh, uh, Daniel. Uh, no complications. So he's able to perform the weld with an additional success. So you're able to do it. So you know that you're going to get a lot of sort of additional structural strength, but you're not making it overly difficult to remove using Starfleet tools. Um, and we got three successes for um, Chorog, so you're able to construct your device to exactly what you need. So you've got a really effective um, drone unit here. All right, this this drone is ready to go. It's got the most uh, advanced, my, the most advanced sensor packages that I can put on it, as well as a protective lens over the camera so that it won't get corrupted once it gets in there. Daniel turns off the welding torch and uh, turns to Chorog and says, and nothing's 
going to accidentally open this door. It's not impervious, but it's, it's we're not going to have any accidents. Out of curiosity, um, Kara, is Kieran keeping tabs of the situation at all with local security footage? Or is he just basically just chilling? He's been disconnected from the network, although, you know, okay. you, the characters could go look at the cameras again. He ha- has no control over it and no real interest. Okay. And then Kara's just on the bridge with uh, Marcus and Sansa. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to activate a site-to-site transport to get my probe in there. All right, and, uh, uh, we should have someone on the um, internal sensors as well, just as uh, additional backup, just in case something does happen to the spike, to the uh, the drone. Daniel was already going. Uh, I didn't get to say it, but Daniel was. I was going to say Daniel was going to go uh, and monitor the the existing cameras and sensors. All right. So Daniel, for monitoring the ex- like, so you're sending in the. I'm going to uh, set this before we take a break. Um, spy drone is going to be sent in, and you're going to be watching it on the cameras, basically, for how to set up this moment. Yeah, and maybe monitor the sensors to see if there's weird activity in reaction to a new Indeed. In the room. So, let's go ahead and have you make an insight science roll. I'm out of threat. And then for Rick and Chorog and Kara can assist from the ship as well, taking over for basically operations. But the rest can do the transporter. Since we're sending in a drone, would a focus in robotics uh, count since I'm observing what happens? Not from your end. Okay. Not from your end, no. Yeah, okay. You're just operating the security camera. Rick's got a um, focus in transporters, so he probably should take lead. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, I was going to say, Kara is not an engineer. <laughs> I know, I just want, you know, more, you know, opportunity for stuffs. Alright. Chorog puts a little uh, trans- transport transceiver on the outside casing of the... Sh- the problem. All right, pros ready to transport. Okay, do we? Okay, this is. I guess we get a plus one from the engineering team helping the transport. Yeah, let's one. go ahead and do that. Yeah, so plus one. So three successes so far. One success on uh, observation from DB. Um, any assist roll from? Uh, oh wait, uh, Chorog. Uh, any assist roll for that? Uh, let's see. What do I got? Well, I... Yeah, so it's a control engineering, and control it would just be one dice. Okay. Did you say control engineering? Yes, he did. Okay. That was two dice, and one of them was a complication, so I don't know what Duncan wants to do. Uh, yeah, so you get a complication there, so that's perfect. It's most perfect. So, spy drone beams in, and you're able to get, uh, keep a lock. It's basically, it's just, it, you're able to beam it in without any issue from the distortion that you're getting just from the uh, just overabundant life signs there. And it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, it beams in, and on the security feed, Daniel witnesses a lot of movement swirling there's movement in the like the fungus it's like what's going on it looks like it's like in a like in a windstorm and a fist emerges from the fungus and grabs the spy drone and with that 
we will cut to a break. Like Actually, before then, there's a fist that grabs the spy drone, and something hits the door. We will roll to see if it can beat your wells. Dun, dun, dun. Two successes for the thing, and you just hear a heavy thump on the door when this happens. Trog looks at Richter. What the hell was that? Don't think it's whatever happened was it didn't like it. And that's where we're going to end. Guys, you might want to see this cut to black. <laughs> so, the away team. Your drone has been snatched. And something has gone thud really heavily against the door. Trog notices that he's lost pretty much all uh, visual communication with the drone. I don't know what I don't know what has it, but I can't say anything. It's just this really massive. I don't know what in there. Uh, Daniel, what are you seeing in there? Just to um, so a hand grabbed the drone. I would explain a few things. Wait, wait, wait a hand? What kind of hand? Uh, what kind of hand was it? Uh, like you just saw, like a large, fleshy white hand. Uh, ambiguous. All right, you know what? I'm coming up there. I, I have to see this. There's Wait. really not much not much to see on the footage once Chorog has looked at it. Okay, Rick T will see if he can set up a containment field. All right, so let's go ahead and give that a insight um, engineering role. And then Waitley. Waitley is going to try to project his mind into the room again. Uh, one, you you get a minor containment field, Rick, uh, for Grim, uh, for Waitley. Um, go ahead and do another, uh, command presence, then Chorog. And hold on a second. I want to look something up real quick. Wait, what am I running? What am I rolling? Uh, you just is you just started saying something. Oh, um, if we well, if we can't get the hand to. Release it. If I can't work it loose, I can always give that hand a little incentive to let it go. Okay, so I have I have the talent constantly watching. When you attempt a task to detect danger or hidden enemies, reduce the difficulty by one. How would that apply here? So if I was requiring, like, two successes for something, that would make it okay. down to one success. But okay. I haven't generally been doing that this yeah. round. Alright, so it doesn't really apply here. Got it. Oh! <laughs> Ooh. Simple double 20s. Ooh. Double 20s. What were we supposed to be saying about how powerful Waitley was as a psychic? All right. You're, okay, so there, there, you just there. get... <laughs> I found him. So, he was me all so, along. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you get just a complete blowback of this sort of this mental torrent. Mm -hmm. And... It has completely phased you. Like, you just feel... Like, it's almost just like you just got a blast of mental pollen in the face. So, you now have, for a temporary period here, limited ability to use your telepathic abilities. You just just got, like, a whole bunch of static blasted right at you. Okay. So, when that happens, Waitley reels and falls over. And he's clutching his head. And he looks up and he says... I do not think I'm going to be of any more assistance here. So, with that as well, 
with that as well, there's another thump at the door. And this has some disconcerting sounds to it. I'm not liking the sound of that. So I'm, I want to see if I can't re- get my uh, get that thing to release my drone. Daniel rushes over to check the welds. <laughs> All right. Um, so checking on the status of the drone. Let's go ahead and make that a uh, con insight roll. Okay. All right. So you can get the status of the drone. You notice it's being pulled in deeper into the the spore area. Still can't get anything on the visual feed, but you know where it's leading, and you do have control. Probably not, you probably can't move it, but you have a, you can access its functions. Trog is furiously working at his control pad, trying to act, he's he's beginning to activate the sensors. He also tries to activate a built-in deterrence that he has built in. Basically, it's it's a mild electric shock. I can't get this thing to let go. All right. Um, go ahead and give a security control. Two successes. You give a shock, and there's sort of like, its progress slows, and it just sort of jerks around a little bit, but it doesn't let go. Draw pushes the uh, deterrence button, and the problem is a mild electric shock, and the, it's not moving as fast. And I was like, ah, I didn't like that, did you? At this point, there is another hit at the door. The shock was not something that the, the, the shrooms of light. And the door fails. Wait, I, what happened to me checking the, the welds? You are closest to the door now. <laughs> as tendrils begin to rush into the room and try to grab every member of the party. Trying to reach out, grabs Dan, grabs DB, and just yanks them back as hard as he can. So everyone give me a fitness security roll. Okay, I guess I didn't get a chance to fix the welds. Nope. The DM the DM wanted this. Ooh, three successes for Chorok. Chorok grabs Daniel by his collar and just whips him across the Oh, hold on, hold on. Now I get two successes. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, and we're just waiting on uh, DB, and let me just do a couple here. <laughs> uh, all right um all right so db um as the tendrils rush you you are basically jumping out of the way but you know you're you, they're coming up faster than you can jump away especially in your heavy suit chorog you are able to grab db and give him that little extra push to avoid the first sweep of the um fungal uh tendrils Everyone is able to also jump out of the way. Um, you notice that the fungal tendrils just sort of go out, but also stop at a fixed distance. It doesn't seem like they've got quite the oomph to get all the way out, just sort of overwhelm. It does seem that they are limited by, you know, just some type of internal um, internal uh, vascular network. The exception, though, is Bryce. <laughs> You want one, one complication. Bryce is grabbed and dra- dragged through into the spore door. With an, uh... Oh, crap. Chorog, what did you do? <laughs> I gave it incentive to let go and it didn't like it, apparently. Why are you antagonizing the mushrooms? It had my drone. Those things aren't cheap. You said you could build another if you lost it. 
I know I'm still frugal, damn it. Why I don't even use money here. Alright, you know what? The, the, the tendrils are waving at them. Alright, you know, I've had enough of these damn tendrils on this damn station. I'm going in after it. Alright. Go for a um Uh so you're just jumping into the fray? Oh, Charles jumping into the fray. He has both he has both his, his knives out at this point. He's pissed. Alright, so go ahead and give a daring security. I'd say your focus is apply here. So your crit range is the same as. Yeah, I have I have hand I have hand to hand combat in small arms. Yeah, you're perfectly set up here. Uh, could I try to stop Chorog? Because it doesn't necessarily know that we're the ones who shocked it. Okay, so I would uh, d twenty then add the add up those two things and what else do I got to add into that? Uh, just go ahead and give the d twenty roll and then we can just manually interpret. He said daring security. And, and what's, your, what's your security value? Six. All right. Is that a no on trying to stop Chorog? You can. He's got two successes. You'd have to do another daring security to beat him. Yep. Okay. I'd say Ty goes to Chorog. Okay, I'll try to do it in daring security. Yeah, and I thought the max was five, too, so Chorog, you might want to check your stats. Oh, I was looking at my stat sheet. It says security's at six. Yeah, you, we might have, like, um, that point you should probably put somewhere else, because I okay. think five is our maximum. Oh, okay, I did not know that, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, I haven't covered that in a bit. So. Damn, so close. Well, <laughs> so, DB, you've got him. You're sort of like, you sort of grab onto him by the belt and you're pulling but he's just sort of winning that tug-of-war battle, and you're being dragged in there. <laughs> Jorog, wait! Or come with me, you little Tova! Yeah, and Dana just is like, <laughs> as he's being dragged into the room behind Jorog. Jorog is just slashing at anything that moves. Um, and while this, is all, while this is all hap happening, yeah, Rick here is buzzing in and filling in the captain on what the heck just happened and Jorog's recklessness in just going for it with with his uh, knives. Yeah, at this point at, at this point all, all, all you hear is slashing and the sound of metal hacking into um, plant, uh, thick plant life and Jorog grunting. And then he pulls his phaser and is going to start shooting. But after the informing, you know, Daniel begins graciously apologizing to the massive uh, that that is contained in the room. I'm sorry, so, we, we 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 we're just scared. Please be forgive us. Graves is like just pinching the bridge of his nose, and as this happens, the USS Takao with John and Eli spore jumps out of the system on an emergency call. Kara just kind of looks looks at the screen and just kind of goes, <laughs> glad I'm not down there. Graves nods and says, get the baby tardigrades. We might need to do a rescue up. Uh, Ged, have, have Ged try to work up whatever he can to inoculate against fungal agents and remaining engineering team try to get hazmat suits on little tardigrades. Right, I'll, I'll go play babysitter then. 
Kara stands up and goes to wrangle some tardigrades. And sets a, um, goes to help. So, at this point, um, Rick, have you entered the sport, or are you basically just shooting from your position? I'm shooting from my position. I'm not going in there. Uh, unless I can see a, a way to get to Bryce. I mean, Bryce has just been dragged in. So it's basically, you've got, like, just a mass of fungal stuff ahead of you and just sort of, like, billowing clouds coming out. So you have no, like, you can't, you definitely, you can't even see Rick and, or sorry, you can't see Chorog and uh, Daniel at this point. Okay, well, Rick's is just going to, um, you know, get get his engineering team to start uh, on uh, replicating some suits for the um, baby tardigrades, and he's just going to start firing. <laughs> do you do you use anything like force fields to try to contain this? Um, oh, we do have. Um, can I? There is that. That um, there was that um containment field. It was a weak one. Um. So yeah, you can basically try to try to re-rig that just to create like a larger volume to keep the spores from getting like all around everywhere. Yeah. So I think I'll do that instead. Okay. Yeah. That on the scene, like the engineering team on the ship, they can handle the suits. Like you on the scene, probably better for containment. So yeah. Go ahead and give a um, uh, control engineering roll. Uh, do we have any uh, momentum? I'm going to say you've got two momentum at this point. Okay, I'm going to use a momentum for a third dice. So, so is what, at what point does draw finally find Bryce and haul him out? Uh, we're getting to that. So, um, you've got four successes. So, Rick, you're able to activate some security fields. So, you'll definitely be able to pull your people out through them pretty easily. Um, they just have to walk through. But anything in that fungal environment, that's being kept in. So, you got this perfect, you know, very convenient set of force fields containing the situation now that you've lost the door. Okay. And then, uh, So. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> So at this point, um, Chorog, in front of you, like from like the mushrooms around you, begin to take greater form. And ahead of you, like ahead of you, is a line of what can only be described as mushroom men. They're just like just anatomical forms, like just pulling out of the fungal matter. Squat, stocky, and they're going in for some punches. Oh, it's party time. All right, you you mushroom men. You want some? Come get some. Daniel would like to try and sucker punch Chorog and then to make up for him assaulting them. All right, daring security for you both. (laughs) Sucker punching the Nausicaan. Stellar, stellar move. Yes. I want to see Daniel get two complications and sucker punch himself. And then, all right, Chorog, you are punched in the face by one of the mushroom men, and then you are tapped on the head. Like, you're punched, but it's not definitely, it doesn't have the reeling effect. But basically, 
DB punches your fa- uh, your helmet afterwards. So you get bonk, bonk. Trog just slightly turns his, turns his head, look back at DB and says, Oh no, you just didn't. I'm trying to <laughs> knock some sense into you. Stop attacking the people. I have an idea. Trog promptly grabs... Can I roll for this? Trog promptly grabs DB by the ankles and uses him as a weapon. <laughs> Go for it. Um... You're gonna need to get a lot of successes for this to work, but you can try it. Well, let's call this uh, fitness security. Fitness security. All right. Daniel's yeah. in an old spacesuit, not a modern like DV suit. He's heavy right now. That's why it's gonna take several yeah. successes. You said fitness yes. security. Sixteen. Fitness security. Three successes. <laughs> Trog grabs. Trog says, "Like, like." Okay, you. All right, I've had enough. Draw grabs D by the ankles in his big, heavy, bulky suit and swings him around. Swings him around like a big bullwhip. It just annihilates the mushroom people. Well, hold on, hold on. The effect on the mushroom people isn't going to be exactly what you want because you basically swing. You're able to swing, Daniel, but on contact, he just sort of just goes funk and gets stuck. Because, I mean, you could swing around as a melee weapon. doesn't mean it's going to be a good idea. <laughs> so now he's just sort of, like, halfway embedded. Like, his, uh, uh, Daniel's, like, torso is kind of, like, halfway embedded in the sort of the, fun- like, just below the fungal cap of one of the sort of brawly mushroom people. Daniel just screams over and comes, Violence isn't always the answer. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Graves is just sort of, like, pinching the bridge of his nose. On the bridge as he listens to this, because it was just broadcast on open comms. Bro, Bryce, just don't stand there. Punch him. Here, have it. Hack him with one of my knives. You still, you still can't find Bryce. Like, he, you still, like, he still isn't visible to you. All right, you mushroom miscreants. Where's Bryce? Where is he? I want him. They're non-communicative. And it's just, one of the things, too, is that you notice that their forms don't appear fluid. And they also don't appear to have, like, any special directive like they they don't appear sentient they're just following a directive so they're quote mushroom men but they kind of seem like more like robots just in terms of how they're approaching the situation here does daniel also notice this if you think you would notice it while flailing halfway embedded in a mushroom man i don't think so since I'm halfway inside a mushroom person, do I notice if they're all mushrooms? Yeah, it's basically, it's just fungal hypey. Like, like, and it's not like you're, like, face into it. It's just sort of like you're, you're swung sideways and just sort of, like, went halfway through on that swing and just sort of stuck. So you're just sort of, like, your torso is stuck, but your head's still free, your left arm is still free, your right arm is just partially embedded in this fungal muck. But it doesn't seem like the the part the fungal is reacting to it. It's just following still the directive. It's not like reacting like it's in any pain. It's just like an extrusion of this network. Okay. I guess if Daniel tries to free himself. Alright, give me a fitness security roll. Alright. So, um you're not uh let me actually just make this an opposed roll. Yeah, you're not able to free yourself, and the mushroom person just starts walking away, while other mushroom people start to, like, cordon off uh, Chorog. And 
as we are um, hitting the uh, later mark, let's just go ahead and wrap things up with what happens to Daniel. So you're just sort of like jostled around as the mushroom person is walking through the corridors, the fungal masses. The fungal masses are also sort of moving aside for all this. And you enter a large sort of circular chamber. In there is... Um, in there is uh, Bryce. And he's just standing at the side of the room. And what else you see in the room is a somewhat humanoid uh, figure. So they've got very long arms, short sort of almost animalistic legs, long tail, but a sort of a graceful body, long hair, long ears, just draped downwards. They kind of look like an Ibby, but just not like any Ibby you've seen before. And she's connected to the fungal network. And she just turns with uh, glowing pink eyes and says to, um, says to Daniel, hello there. And then that's the end of the episode. Hey. That's a good cliffhanger. There isn't that much to go. I figure a cliffhanger is a good place to end it. And then we can also have Eli come back next episode with like, hey, I'm back. What what happened? (laughs) And it's also a good time to remind everyone that we do have an email address. So please send whatever you want to send to Reliant at StarbaseUDC.com. GIFs and images are indeed welcome.